Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the MedTech Impact Podcast, where you get to hear from leaders and innovators who are shaping the future of medical technology. I'm Kyle Cruz. And I'm Richard Mikuljohn. And we're your hosts of the show. Thanks, Kyle. So today we have two of Forge's finest, David Thompson, Senior Program Manager, and Mark Wachowski, Manufacturing Expert in Residence. Welcome to the show. So before we kick things off, squad here today, Richard, and absolutely, we have a squad squad indeed. This is the first time we've had four people on a podcast like this. So let's see how it goes. Probably be some pure chaos here. No, but we're gonna have fun. That's for sure. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So stay with us. And so before we kick things off, I know you've had different timelines with Forge, David. How long have you been there now? Uh, So going on two years now. Two years, and how about you, Mark? You're new to the team. Uh, I am in my fourth week so i'm drinking from a fire hose but it doesn't feel like waterboarding anymore so it's all good all good indeed that's great and and dave what's what's tell us a little bit about yourself real quick you know a little background and how you ended up at forge yeah um so i'm originally from upstate new york in rochester um and started at forge about two years ago uh, actually as a co-op um through northeastern's internship program and have since uh, stayed on uh with the team and really my main role at Forge now is I get to meet with all the startups and learn more about the manufacturing processes that they're um, looking for and then ultimately connect them with the right manufacturers for them. Totally. Yeah, and I'm sh- we'll, we'll definitely be diving into the details in the Forge and, um, uh, in, in just a little bit. But Mark, how about you? I am from right here uh, from Massachusetts, which is actually a kind of a rare thing. You know, most people can come in for school and then they stay. But uh, I've got... 40 some years in manufacturing. I actually started on the production floor as an assembler and worked my way up. And when I left the corporate world a few years ago to uh, start a consultancy business, I was chief operating systems officer for a semiconductor company. I've also got about 20 years in not-for-profit with the Society of Manufacturing Engineers. Mm -hmm. I was their president and I'm now currently on their board for their education foundation. And my wife is in supply chain, so we have some very boring operation-centered discussions around the dinner table every night. I'm sure you've got some great factory floor stories as well from your time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, one one of the early stories I had was when I was working in in a PC board factory, I was actually out there helping somebody solder something and they were like wow you're an executive how do you know how to do that so it's good to start at the bottom hey that's great though that's a leader leading right there though too you know come on that's what it's all about rolling up the sleeves and getting your hands dirty so um you know of course curious about forge you know who is forge and does forge stand for something um and you know what are you guys all about and what's the real problem too that Forge is trying to solve. Right. Um, so Forge is a nonprofit on a mission to help startups navigate the journey from physical prototype to commercialization and impact at scale. So really what that means is Forge tries to act as an ally for these early stage startups that maybe have a prototype but don't know where to take it from there. So our two main services that we offer are first and foremost, um, education services to help the startups kind of navigate the journey. We uh, host different workshops, events, 
um, really just to offer our startups the right information that they need to then um, take it to uh, a higher scale. And then ultimately when they're at that point, we help to connect them with manufacturing services, whether that be design firms or full-scale contract manufacturers um, locally within the region. So that way they can you know, drive down to their local manufacturer, be able to refine their design and continue to scale their product and ultimately their business. And what would you say though, that, that is there a kind of a problem or a challenge too that you're seeing with these early stage companies when they're coming to you looking for, for help? Yeah. Oftentimes um, you don't know what you don't know. And um, I'm sure Mark and everyone on the call can really speak to the fact that manufacturers speak their own language and that can be a really intimidating environment for, you know, someone that maybe has a, a PhD in biomedical engineering and they're incredibly intelligent, but it's just, uh, you know, having uh, that insight to kind of the infrastructure of the, the manufacturing world can um, be a difficult barrier for them to overcome. Yeah, I think a lot and of people, then, we have some great innovation in Massachusetts, but a lot of times what happens is people default to, oh, I need to reduce my cost really quickly and I need to offshore this to someplace else in the world. And the reality is, is that we have a really deep manufacturing supply chain here in Massachusetts. And, you know, another tagline that we use, like to use is if you can invent it here, you can manufacture it here too. So that's one of the things that Forge is trying to do. Um, you know, the other day I was on uh, the webinar with uh, both uh, with with you, Richard, uh, and so was David. And we were talking about, uh, we opened up with an icebreaker about how things were made. We showed like red solo cups and um wheels and stuff like that and a lot of times people have seen things but they really actually don't know how things are made and so we like to help with that and a lot of times as well you'll have multiple ways of doing things today 3d printing is one of those things that people generally oh i'm going to 3d print my parts well that may be true you can pre 3d print anything you want but is that the best way to do it um, you know, and even within the traditional manufacturing technologies, should I cast something? Should I, you know, bend it? Should I weld it? You know, what are all those options? And, you know, what I try to do being on the supply chain is help people get through those decisions. And like David said, you know, sometimes they're really smart, but just they just haven't been exposed to those technologies. And so we help a lot with that. It's a great icebreaker, and thank you again. And I should give a big shout out to Forge because from day one, you guys have been helping the impact program, guiding our startups, and delivering the session on manufacturing, supply chain, logistics. So, just a big thank you to you for that. It's really important to note that we do this all for free. We do not charge either our startups or our suppliers. You know, we're funded by grants and and sponsors and the like. So, um, that is really important to know. Uh, because it gives people who are, for a million other reasons, worried about money, about how they're going to make their next payroll or build their next prototype, not an extra added cost. Mark, you stole the question. For you. Well, that's the answer <laughs> to the question I want to ask because it's, you know, working in the manufacturing industry, right? And, uh, you know, being a contract manufacturer, what I always find, you know, sometimes challenging is how do you differentiate yourself, right, from all the other contract manufacturers? The same thing goes for development firms, right? It's like, how, what is it that's truly unique? And I mean, 
that's it right there. Huh? It's that nonprofit approach. It's the ability to help these companies come in and further develop their technology without having to invest, you know, massive amounts of upfront, you know, capital to do so. So tell us more too about how that works. I'm curious. Well, I, I think one of the great things about Forge is, is that we can somewhat be considered a broker of knowledge. Um, you know, we are not the people who are going to make your heart, or we are not the people who are going to design your board. Because we have a breadth of uh, contacts in the industry, we can help you find the best people for the problem you're trying to solve. And I think that's important. And it's also important that we don't have an agenda. You know, we, we are not trying to push you into a particular manufacturer or a particular design firm. We're trying to sit down with you, listen to what your problem is, and then make those connections in a way that solves the problem for the startup and provides a good fit for the supplier. You know, we even talk about, you know, what makes you in the contract manufacturing field know uh, how important it is to be a good customer. You know, David does it really good, and I'll, we'll let him talk about that. In the, but, um, you know, what makes a good customer for a supplier? And, and a lot of times startups don't know what that means. Yeah, just to kind of follow up on that, um, really, since we're a nonprofit and since uh, we don't charge the startups or the suppliers anything to work with us, it gives us a unique position because we don't necessarily have a vested interest in, like Mark said, you know, sending the um, connections to any particular supplier or anything like that. So really it allows us to take a more holistic perspective when we're making our connections to make sure it's in the best interest of both the startup and the supplier. Because ultimately at the end of the day, those are the ones that, you know, turn into meaningful relationships and um, eventually contracts and business relationships later on. So like Mark said, um, in addition to, you know, the discrete manufacturing capabilities, we're also looking at personality, we're looking at, um, you know, project scope, all of the little things that add up to a good relationship, uh, we, we take into account when we're making our connections. So um, definitely, I think it's both a value for our startups to engage with someone that is a good fit for them, but also for our manufacturers, it gives them um, uh, referrals that are pre-vetted for their particular business. So as opposed to just a cold outreach from a startup that is probably not a good fit. Once Forge makes an introduction, both parties can really hit the ground running and um, hopefully you know, form a, a long-term relationship. And what does that process look like? So if I'm an early stage company and I want to find out more about this, you know, what would be that first step? Yeah, um, so the first step actually would be to schedule a call with the Forge team. Um, if you're based in Massachusetts, that would be me at the moment. Um, so you could reach out to me at david at forgeimpact.org or on our website um, at forgeimpact.org. There's a little tab um, that says for startups and you can also schedule a call um, via the website as well. And you mentioned, you know, just now in Massachusetts, I know there's expansion plans on the horizon. Can you talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, um, so actually uh, just a few weeks ago, we expanded our presence into Connecticut. So really what that means is uh, we now have boots on the ground in Connecticut. But I do want to reiterate that we can serve startups really from all over the world in engaging with manufacturers. Um, so while we are expanding into Connecticut, um, we're simply building upon the, um, the connections that we've had with startups outside of Massachusetts and 
are, are looking forward to really kind of hitting the ground running there. So what I'm hearing here is like, Forge, you're not, you don't have a, a building where you've got all this machining and equipment and you're, and you're assembling stuff and putting it together. You're, you're talking with a, with the founder of a company, you're learning about what they're trying to do, what they're trying to make. And then you align them with, you know, the manufacturer that makes the most sense, or you, at least you recommend that, that, that kind of pathway forward for them. Exactly. Two situations that David and I have worked on recently. One one was a company that's doing battery reclamation from cars, and they're going to turn those into little power stations, and they need a grid-attached inverter to make that all happen. So uh, my counterpart, Scott Longley, actually helped us find a uh, company locally here in Massachusetts that does that kind of thing. And then just the other day, David said, hey, we have a contact from a alpaca farmer who wants to make socks and they're making socks in Michigan. Can you help me find uh, uh, somebody who do, does carding and knitting and spinning here in Massachusetts? So I spent an hour the other day going through Google looking for people who do that sort of service here in Massachusetts. So it can be pretty wide ranging. And I think one of the things that Forge brings is that because of the diversity of our team, we've all been in some manner of making these connections. So we kind of know how to look, you know, uh, after 40 years of building product myself, I've been there or um, in that role that the, that the person who is in the startup is facing now. I've done six startups myself. So I know how to go find those things. You know, I may not necessarily come and, you know, remove metal from parts to make your parts, but I know how to go find that. So we also pre-vet the suppliers as well, not only the startups. We go, eh, I think this is going to be a good fit or it won't be a good fit. Do you have a core group of suppliers and partners, though, that you, you know, typically go to, or is it just pretty much different, unique every time? You know, the the needs of the startup for that particular project really are paramount um, when we're making our connections. So um, if there is a unique capability, like Mark mentioned about, you know, sourcing a unique inverter, that definitely drives the connections that we make. Um, but we, uh, we do have like a list of um, trusted suppliers that we work with, but um, at the same time, you know, every project is different. So, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're connecting the startup with someone that is local to them, someone that, you know, fits their unique capabilities. So it's both uh, a mix of kind of our go-to suppliers and then also our suppliers that are perfect fits for a particular project. You know, That's and great I, service. It, it really is. And, and Richard, I know I keep, I'm firing away here, but, you know, another thing too is, Richard, it's like, we don't typically, you know, talk to companies that are nonprofits, you know, and, what I'm really interested about too is is uh, how do you go about you know raising capital then and money and getting you know people to invest in Forge and kind of what's the benefit to them and if there is one and how does that how does that really work you know how how do you how do you what what's their expectations you know with the business can you can you shed light on that. Yeah, so um, like Mark mentioned, the majority of our funding comes from philanthropic grants as well as um, 
through the state. Um, but we also have some sponsors um, that are actually manufacturers who choose to sponsor us really to promote what we're doing, but also um, to get greater access to our startups through um, events and um, our newsletter and things like that. As far as the things that they're looking for, um, you know, our funders in general, it's really, you know, making sure that there are good outcomes, both for the startup and the supplier. So to date, um, we've generated over $34 million in local contracts. So, you know, you can imagine for the state funders, that can be quite a compelling statistic um, as a way to kind of show the economic development. Um, but really kind of the best way to support Forge, um, whether it be for our startups or our sponsors, is really just to keep us in the loop and give us you know, feedback uh, on our connections. Because ultimately, you know, if, if one you know, develops into a $10 million contract, we can then um, really celebrate that connection and be able to kind of show our value to our funders. So um, really the main um, metrics that we use are definitely the contracts. Um, but then also we look at how a startup has accelerated their um, build stage, which essentially if they have one prototype and they're up to a beta prototype or maybe that beta prototype and they take it up to low volume production. We also look at that too, as a metric to see, you know, how impactful our services have been in terms of putting them on the right roadmap for their product development. Yeah, well, it's really important to note too that uh, while we do have manufacturers who sponsor us, it is not a pay for play situation. The sponsorship is really about them getting um, more access to events and getting more visibility in our newsletter and all that, but we don't all of a sudden start steering more business to a sponsor. Yeah. Um, and and since David was talking about the numbers, let me talk about a couple of other numbers here. We have had we've and the number is a moving target. The one I have written down here on a piece of paper, and which I'm sure is wrong, is uh, over 600 startups that we've connected with and 450 suppliers. So it is a pretty large number and growing every day. Um, and one of the interesting things is 87% of our startups have survived. And so while we cannot take credit for that survival rate, uh, we're some small part of that and we can be pretty proud of that. It's a testament Absolutely. to you guys pointing these companies obviously in the right direction and aligning them with the right partners, so. Yeah, absolutely, Kyle. And I, and I think as well, like you guys are not only connecting and educating, but you also have some amazing resources on your website. I wonder, David, if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so last year, we had the opportunity to um, run a manufacturing readiness workshop series, which essentially, you know, helps our startups, again, kind of navigate that journey from prototype to production. Um, but as a result of those workshops, we actually created some workbooks um, that we use to share with our startups. Um, so it's uh, kind of, it's almost like little, we call it little forge homework. Um, and it really kind of is that in a way, but um, it helps our startups kind of think through their manufacturing problems and then ultimately um, come up with some solutions and come up with a, a clear roadmap for their um, development. It's such a great asset. And I love the way it's just, it's really methodical in terms of a step-by-step -step process and something Mark, you mentioned earlier, just making people think about well, what is that process I need to tap into to make my product? Yeah, my, my wife works for Desktop Metal, which is sort of a startup in a way up in Burlington. And she's in supply chain. She was looking over my shoulder while I was looking at a 
at the forge, how to evaluate the three suppliers you're nailing things down. She said, oh, can I have a print out of that? I'm going to take that to work and use it. So it's not just for stylists. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, obviously, you are focused on the startup market. But, you know, do you get approached by bigger companies who think, you know, they would like to tap into forge services? Yeah. Um, so we work with startups from the prototype level all the way through to full scale production. Um, so we do have some uh, companies that come to us that are at a much larger scale. They might already have a manufacturing plant and they approach us um, to connect with some of our services. So there's no um, restrictions as far as you have to be at a prototype level. That's really kind of the entry point. And then, um, you know, from there that continues all the way through to uh, full scale production. So yeah, that's definitely a good um, thing to highlight as well. Yeah, and there's an example of uh, just this week, I was on the phone with a company that is making uh, recycled plastic roundabouts, you know, rotaries. And um, they are currently in production. They've been building product for a while, but they're primarily building it out in Minnesota. And they um, are actually a legal entity here in Massachusetts, and they want to bring it back to Massachusetts. So I had a phone call with them um, trying to get David to help uh, them get into our network and we'll follow up and see if we can find manufacturers for uh, them here in Massachusetts. Very cool. And, and Kyle, I know as much as you and I are focused on the medtech space, you know, you guys are obviously doing much more than that. You're looking into several verticals. So what else do you get involved with? Um, we're all over the map when it comes to uh, Technology. I, I mean, I mentioned alpaca socks, which is kind of a, which is kind of a fun <laughs> thing. But you know, we're doing aerospace, transportation, uh, because we are a spinoff. I guess you'd call it from uh, Greentown Labs. There's a fair amount of uh, clean tech in our portfolio. Um, you know, we get a lot of referrals from them. But um, you know, robotics is is kind of an interesting thing. One of our one of our startups that I think is really interesting is if you're deaf blind, obviously you can't. If you're deaf, you can't see to read lips, and you can't see American Sign Language. We have a company that's actually making a robotic device that a deaf blind person can touch and feel to use to interpret. American Sign Language. So there's all kinds of great problem solving there. And obviously we do some medical devices, more than, more than a few medical devices. Brilliant. Well, yeah, again, we're delighted to have you as a resource because I can tell you the feedback we get from our companies is so positive that they have access to your expertise and your network because it's really impactful. And I, and I think really that's what Forage stands for, is the impact it creates in the marketplace. And so, what, what about the regulatory side? You know, you talk a lot about the manufacturing and supply chain, but how, what about, you know, the, the quality management system, regulatory path, you know, what's the involvement look like there, especially in medical device? Yeah, great question. Um, so in addition to, you know, the discrete sort of manufacturing uh, capabilities like CNC machining or injection molding. Uh, we also have folks on our network that can help with um, regulatory testing, so um, FDA approvals, things like that, as well as you know other services that support a broader kind of manufacturing process. So we have folks that help um, set up men, uh, set up factories, um, as well as we even have like some law firms. So it uh, our services extend outside of. Um, you know, discrete manufacturing to some of these more supplemental things that might come to mind. 
Mm. I mean, another another thing that I somebody said to me once that um, the human beings in your factory are part of your supply chain, so you need to make sure that you have a robust supply chain of human beings. We can also put people in touch with uh, education resources. Um, people are doing, uh, you know, Massachusetts, for instance, is doing a program right now where if you bring on an apprentice and you want to send them to any outside training, they'll uh, they'll give you grants up to forty eight hundred dollars per person. So we can put you in touch with, for instance, the New England Advanced Manufacturing Partnership um, to get your staff trained as well as get the widgets into your factory. And, and Kyle, again, you'll fully understand that through Global Ones Connect, you know, you guys being a, a manufacturing supplying company yourself, but everyone's obviously lived through the pandemic recently, and that's brought about a whole set of unique challenges. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit now about some of those challenges and how they've sort of impacted the supply chain and the companies you support. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm sure the COVID pandemic has really affected everyone in their own unique way. But as far as Forge goes, um, it was kind of our first um, uh, iteration of being able to support startups from outside of um, the, the Massachusetts, Boston area into serving more broader startups. And um, as you know, we all know, there's massive amounts of supply chain related disruptions, which um, help to influence a lot more onshore production. Um, so startups were able to leverage our network um, to really be able to, you know, meet with a startup that's down the road as opposed to uh, around the world. Um, so that way they can avoid some of those disruptions and, um, you know, ultimately help to um, continue to, uh, you know, stay in business and everything like that, because it was definitely a scary time. Well, you yeah. know, what's really interesting too, um, and sorry, Mark, I'm sure you no, would love sorry. to elaborate, but just on the point of that topic is that, you know, you saw a lot of companies you know, looking to, you know, bring manufacturing maybe back to into the United States and maybe more local into Massachusetts. Um, did you see that as an opportunity? But and also, did that also kind of pose any new new challenges um, for those companies? Um, I think I think one of the challenges that you see a lot of times is um, the mass. A lot of times, uh, I, you know, I, I worked in manufacturing for years and you'd have a part that was being made offshore somewhere for a doll, right? And you'd say, hey, I want to bring it back to Massachusetts here to have it built. And the new cost is $1.25. And the people in the finance group look at you like, we can't spend more money for the part. And then you have to educate them about what, well, the real cost of that part that we're getting from some far off place means I have thousands and thousands of dollars of them on a boat somewhere. So we're tying up your capital, right? Every time my team needs to make an engineering change order, we have to wait six months for it to cut in, right? Every time I want to go pull the soldering iron of a plant as I want to do, I have to spend, you know, $5,000 in travel. And so when you add all of that up, it actually is cheaper sometimes to build stuff here in Massachusetts than it is to build it overseas. And, and so that's one of the things we have to help startups get their head around is what's the true cost of ownership of manufacturing, right? And in particular, the people who are pulling the purse strings for whatever startup, they need to understand how to do true cost modeling for manufacturing. I think they'll find 
that in more cases than not, building it local is cheaper or at least competitive with building it in some far off land. It, what about the capability side, though, to this? So obviously, you know, there's the the cost impacts, but um, do you find there being challenges where, you know, there might not be, you know, as robust of a manufacturing capability maybe here locally as there was, you know, maybe in another part of the world? Do you run into that? And how do you, if you do, how do you kind of work around that? Well, I think if you, if you, Certain things America in general has decided, well, we don't really do that anymore. We're letting we're letting other countries do that. I think if you're a startup and you have an element of your manufacturing that is more towards the bleeding edge, you know, you're using highly and mater highly engineered materials or processes that are uh, very, very uh, technical. You know, um, if you talk about, you know, we have we have companies like Boston Centerless here and in Woburn that, that does, you know, very, very high end materials doing centerless grinding and that kind of thing. You're going to be hard pressed, honestly, to find in some of the far off countries, the technical knowledge and the materials availability that you can find right here in the United States and in particular Massachusetts. Massachusetts actually has a pretty deep technological and manufacturing capability that I think people just don't think about because they're just not exposed to it. And we hope at Forge to expose people more to that. That's neat. So more sophistication, like, you know, it's almost right. like the more sophisticated, the better to, to, to bring back over, you know, into Massachusetts. Yeah. Right. And within the context of medical devices too, you know, simply having more, um, uh, awareness of the different certifications needed, the FDA process, all of that kind of goes into really um, the whole kind of um, profile of the capability of a particular supplier. So, you know, they might, there might be another person around the world that can do injection molding, but, you know, there's someone based in Massachusetts that um, has that, you know, added level of US-based FDA regulatory um, kind of perspective too. So, that can be another benefit that startups can have. That's yeah, great. for for a period of my career, I worked for Zoll Medical, which does pacemakers and defibrillators, and uh, I learned a lot about uh, traceability in medical devices. And uh, so, you know, I, I literally had a guy walk in from the FDA once and pick up a PC board, point to a particular resistor on the board, and say, "I need you to show me the traceability records all the way back to where this came from and the lot number for it." And while sometimes you think you can get that capability from out of the country, you can't audit it really easily. And what you don't want to find out is when the FDA, FDA guy is standing in your plant looking at, at your records that everything that they told you was not true. So here in the United States, we tend to do a better job of that, tend to have a better understanding. And if you want to drive down the road and check on them, you can do every that. once in a while. It, it's not a five thousand dollar trip. <laughs> yeah, I was well, going to say that's a great point. Yeah, you, you, and you made this last week. I was going to say in the session you spoke to the startups. You know, if you're thinking about low volume prototyping, control is a big aspect. And if you want to pop in and just have that conversation about the design, maybe making a small change, that's a lot easier to do if they're on your doorstep rather than traveling around the world. Yeah, and I like how you touched on the sophistication of materials, right? I mean, Richard, look at UMass Lowell. 
right? What, what were you saying yesterday? They were their top ranked university in what plastics engineering? Definitely. I mean, I think right. so. You know, we're so fortunate to have right here in our backyard. Like, yeah, and companies again, and like you mentioned, you know, Zoll Medical is just on our doorstep, literally a stone's throw away, and I think it's really what Forge does best is shining a light on these companies, making sure people are aware of the capabilities we have on our doorstep. So what about some future gazing? We're going to look ahead into the future and what's kind of most exciting for you in terms of opportunities for manufacturing uh, and potentially support for startups. Um, I think that um, what's really exciting is the overall attitude in the United States, which is we're, we're getting reminded that manufacturing is an important core part of this country. The government's starting to come around. I think there were a lot of bad things that came out of the pandemic. One of the things that was great about the pandemic was we realized how kind of messed up our supply chain is and how many things we actually don't make here in the United States. In particular, we learned a lot about medical devices and, oh my God, they, we don't know how to make aspirin here, and we don't know how to make masks here, and and intubate, you know intubation equipment and all that. And I think that has um, re-energized um, the idea of innovation, and in particular manufacturing here in the United States. So that's a positive thing. I think that state governments and um, organizations like Forge now are focusing on helping. Uh, companies in general and and medical companies in particular. So I, I think we're in a good time. There are going to be some financial challenges out there in the world, uh, you know, with, with uh, you know the VCs with Silicon Bank and all that. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But I do think that there are other ways that um, we will continue to find a way to flow money into the, into this. Um, certainly, 3D technology, virtual technology, that sort of thing. Um, I mentioned that I work with SME, for instance. It's another part of my job. We're doing uh, virtual training. Uh, and, you know, you're starting to see that bleed into... Uh, into medical device manufacturing where, where you can do virtual training where you don't actually need to cut up a cadaver or do a pig uh, trial or that kind of thing because you can build virtual models. So I think it's a pretty exciting time. Um, you know, even the way we collect data now is very different with, um, you know, with AWS and, and business intelligence gives us a better idea on uh, collecting data for clinical trust. So it's a pretty exciting time as, I, as I'm ending my career. Um, I'm glad to be with Forge because, because now I'm getting to work with the bleeding edge um, in a way that I didn't think I'd be able to do when I was in my 60s. So by the way, I think it's a good thing for people who are uh, looking to find another way to um, retool their career. If you've been in manufacturing for a lot of years, join an organization like Forge or get involved with M2D2 or something like that and use that experience to help out the, the newer, younger companies. Retool your career. I mean, come on, is that not... Uh... Uh, do you have to trademark that one? I mean, you might have to. <laughs> and Dave, what about what about you? You know, you've been with Forge obviously for a couple of years. Um, 
it sounds like, you know, you were right out of your co-op there. So, you know, I guess what, what, what's your, you know, hope for the future of Forge and, you know, where, where, where do you think you guys are going to go and what, what kind of maybe capabilities to that you might be looking to add, where are you looking to evolve and continue to grow your company? Yeah, I think the big thing is really just kind of multiply the impact that we have been able to provide to date to more and more companies. Um, being on the front line of meeting with these startups, it's exciting how diverse the founders are. Um, you might have a spin out from MIT, but you might also have um, someone who's just moonlighting and making this like little device um, in the garage. And we definitely see all sorts of different people um, come through us and making things. And I think that's a really exciting thing, both for Forge, but just for the community in general. People are expressing themselves creatively and you know, helping to develop new products. So in the future, I look forward to continuing to support um, those people in uh, you know, developing their products, developing their ideas, and ultimately hoping to develop some of the next companies that um, get to kind of blossom in the region. And any final advice for startups? You know, I know we've covered a lot today, but kind of, again, thinking about how they would get in touch with you and just, of course, you know, what's that thing they should be looking out for? As far as uh, advice for startups, I think it's always just keep on learning. Um, there's just so much to learn and there's so many um, uh, pitfalls that you can avoid if you learn from someone else. So definitely, you know, keep an open eye out um, for that. And as far as engaging with Forge, um, the best way would be to check out our website at forgeimpact.org, or you can reach out to myself at david at forgeimpact.org or mark at mark at forgeimpact.org. Awesome. Absolutely, I'll just reinforce what David said, you know, for startups, knowing what you don't know is important and don't be embarrassed by asking asking questions. You know, we're all, you know, being a lifelong learner is a good thing and in particular for, for startups. And there are lots of people out there who want to give back at this point. So if you're just starting up uh, technology, your career, reach out. There's lots of help out there if you want to ask for it. Great message. And just a huge thank you again to you, to you both and to the whole Forge team for everything you do. Well, thank you for having us on today. Well, guys, that's it for today's MedTech Impact Podcast. I'm Kyle Cruz. And I'm Richard Mikkeljohn. And that was Dave and Mark from Forge Impact. Thanks again, guys. Keep innovating. <laughs>